Third thing, I must con- cooperate with God's pruning. Now, we're just going to dive right back into here. I just barely touched on it, and then I think Pastor Justin talked about it last week. But very quickly, I am the true vine, this is Jesus talking, and my Father is the gardener. He, who's he? God, the Father, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Jesus is saying that this is what the Father does to Jesus. Does anybody catch that? He cuts off every branch in me. This is Jesus talking about his Father and himself, the relationship that he has with his Father. So not only does the dead get cut off, which needs to be cut off because it's not going to grow, needs to be cut off, but he cuts off the living so that that what lives will grow even more. Even in your best efforts, God, when he prunes you and when he leads you and guides you, you will bloom way more than you ever could on your own, even in your greatest talent, your greatest ability, on your best day, will be multiply better with God's pruning. So just to jump ahead, go back and listen to the podcast But don't ever confuse pruning with punishment. Don't ever confuse pruning with punishment. What we did to those crepe myrtles out there wasn't punishment to the crepe myrtle. Let let me give you something to think about. Pruning is for the future. Punishment is for the past. Pruning is for your future. Punishment is for the past. God doesn't punish you because Jesus took your punishment. What you deserved, Jesus paid that price for you. Your sin got paid for once and for all on the cross. Now God does prune us. I'm not trying to say that pruning is fun. It isn't. Sometimes God prunes the things that I'm really loving to do. It's like, whoa, why did you do that? I was doing fine, God. God's like, really? Wait till you see what I can do. Do you even care what I can do? Let me work in you. Let me bring correction to you. Pruning is positive. Punishment is negative. If you've ever lost a job, let me encourage you. God's got a better thing in front of you. Now, how does God prune? What does he use? He uses problems. Let me put this up there for you. What does he use? He uses problems. He uses pressures. And he uses people. People, they critique you, they attack you, they misunderstand you, they misjudge you. That ever happened to you? Have you ever said something and it got taken the wrong way? Have you ever not said something and because you didn't say anything then you must have meant this? Yeah. 
The truth is there is no circumstance in your life that God can't use to help you grow. There is no circumstance in your life that God can't use to help develop you. In fact, there, there are even problems that we bring on ourselves by our own stupidity, by our own sinfulness, by our own bad attitudes and mistakes and ir- arrogance that God can use. God is a redeemer. God redeems you. He redeems you. Apply that to the way you behave. There are consequences to the way you behave, but God can redeem them. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who here needs redeemed? Okay, God's a redeemer. You may think because I'm here, I can never make it to point B. Well, let me tell you, God's, God's next point may not be B. God does have a next point for you, though. What, C or D, yeah. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained trained by it. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, it will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. It's why we can see how the family unit will fail if the parents aren't disciplining the children. We're not going to go into how to discipline, but let me tell you that God disciplines those that he loves. God disciplines. And if we will receive it and accept it and follow it, There is a harvest of righteousness and peace. I want you to catch that this pruning and this discipline is for our benefit. And it says no discipline seems pleasant. It's unpleasant. Have you ever looked at a pruned tree? I think if we could go and talk to those crepe myrtles, I think that they would say, I was so pretty. I had such a good year last year. I had a, that was just great. And look what they did to me. Have you ever had that moment? Look at where I am. That leads us to the last piece. I've got to wait patiently and expect a harvest. So, It's easy to think that with the way that February has gone with all the rain, that the harvest is going to be off. I want you to know God can redeem the harvest, regardless of how bad the weather has been in your life. Your harvest is not dictated by what the weather was like. Your harvest is dictated by God. Does anybody hear me? What you've been walking through, what you've been going through, your circumstances are not going to um, determine God's blessing. God determines that. What we've got to do is make sure that we are being led by his word, led by his spirit, that we are genuine Christians, people that are following Christ. Something that we're doing on Wednesday nights, again, are going through this book called Letters to the Church, and it is basically just saying, hey, 
the church may have missed it. What does God's word say that the church is supposed to do? What was God's intention for the church? And are we following it? I think it's a great statement to ask you as a Christian is what did God call me to do? What is his instruction for my life? Because the, the harvest in my life doesn't seem to be lining up with God's blessing. Okay, then let's start to follow God's word and expect his blessing to follow it. Do you know that God wants you to expect him? That's part of faith is having the expectation of his word being true regardless of how things look around you. Things may look bleak around you and they may genuinely be bleak. But are we expecting a harvest? It does not come on our time. You cannot plant a seed today and get a return tomorrow. It does not work that way. John chapter 12, verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I want you to think about maybe what your gift is, what you're strong at. Um, I want to encourage you, that thing needs to die and get placed in God's hands and let the life, let the life of Christ and his spirit come into that and make that into what God is expecting from you. God has, God has. Uh, what, he, what he's thinking up, what he's able to do is exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask. I can't even ask big enough. Does anybody here have big imaginations? I've got big ones. Anybody here have big expectations? What God can do with you if you will die and allow him to have you and... Place roots down deep and weed and be uh, cultivated and, and taught and trained and changed. It will exceed your wildest expectations. But if you remain on your own, it remains alone. It can never be tapped into that supernatural realm. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the supernatural. Um, again, you know, laying on of hands and, and following God's word, I'm expecting the supernatural. The natural says it can't happen, but I'm not listening to the natural. I'm listening to the supernatural. Growing fruit takes time, and you've got to go through the waiting process. And there's nothing more uncomfortable than when you're sitting in the waiting room of God. When you're in a hurry, and God's not. Plants have to be planted. You don't just buy the seed and grow. You've got to cover them up with the dirt, and you've got to wait, and you've got to pray. And just as the seed creates new life out of death, for you to be more effective in your life, there's got to be a dying of your old nature, a dying of your old desires, your old plants, your old ambitions during the waiting process. Are you hearing me? Because God is speaking to you. 
God is speaking to you through me. Growth takes time. There is a dying process and there is a waiting period. But the thing that you can't do is you can't give up. You've got to stay plugged into Christ. You may be saying, I know where my life needs to go. I know where my life needs to head. I just don't see any change. I want to encourage you, hang on. Jesus says in John chapter 5, 15, verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can't do anything. The key word in the scripture is remain. Don't give up. Stay in contact. Depend on him. Stay plugged in. Pray, wait, expect, and God will reward you at the proper time if you don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing well. Stay persistent. We will reap a harvest if we just will not give up. If you've not been seeing any fruit, but you're trying so hard, you may be in that waiting stage. You know, you can't see what's going on under the ground. And if you go dig that up to see what's going on, you'll kill it. But according to God's word, it is growing. We just haven't seen it yet. Remain. I read about... um, Uh, scientists finding a 600-year-old seed. These group of scientists have been digging in this old area of Indian ruins, and they found this old necklace around an Indian corpse in an Indian grave, and the seed was 600 years old. So what did they do? They planted it. And what did it do? It grew. That's what God does. Man can't do that. That's what God does. So if you've been dormant and you've kind of been dead for a pretty long time, it's okay. We need to get planted. We need to get planted. I want to just encourage you just to pray with me for just a minute. How long has your life been dormant? Maybe weeks or months or years or decades? I want to encourage you, give yourself fully to Jesus Christ. Just say with me, Lord, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. Father, I want to get roots down, the right roots. I want to spend time with you every day. I want you to help identify what are the weeds in my life and help me get those pulled Eliminate the stuff that needs to be eliminated. Just to encourage, some of the things aren't bad. They just, you just don't need those in your life. They're not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. But God, I want to cooperate with your pruning. Just pray with me. God, if you need to do some pruning in my life, do it. Maybe you just need to wait and say to God, I trust you with what I've planted. 
And God, I'm believing for a harvest. Do you know that God likes to be um, reminded of his word? Here, look up here at me. I may still have y'all praying. God likes to be reminded. God, this is what you say. Your word says that if I do this, you do that. God, I'm looking for what you're going to do. God is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. He is just waiting to perform his word in you. What's so important is that you be in his word. If you remain in me, who is me? Me is Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've received his spirit. You have his word. You have his spirit. If you remain in him and me and him and me, I can't keep from bearing fruit. My part is to remain in him. If you're here today and you've never made that first time decision, I want to tell you I've got great news. Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid every price for everything you've done and everything you ever will do. But you've got to receive that. You've got to accept that. You've got to let that into your heart and let that begin to grow. That belief that Jesus, you really died. You may be here today and you may be on the fence of saying, man, I've heard this before, but I've never really bought into it. Okay. Then today, just in faith, just a leap of faith to say, okay, I'm going to confess that with my mouth. My belief may be tagging along behind. That's okay. It'll catch up. How many of you know about the self-fulfilling prophecy? If you'll just start saying things over yourself, you'll start to believe it and you'll start to do it. That was put in you by God. He wants you to start speaking it, speaking it in faith, speaking it and speaking it. And God's going to help you and grow that faith. So I just want to encourage you today, if you've been on that fence, speak it today. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Everything I've done, you paid that price, and today I receive that. You may be in here today, and you may have walked an aisle as a child, but it never really took root in your heart what happened. Today, Jesus, everything that I've done, I believe you paid that price for me. Today, I just repent of the things that I've done. You already know them, but I'm going to try to just let you know those again and just confess that. And ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Because your word tells me that you, you, you went to the cross to pay for it. And today I'm just going to leave that at the cross. All my stuff. As Brandon said again this morning that we come here with all this baggage and we kind of let that filter our life. No, that doesn't filter my life. That does. That's, that's the way God sees me. God sees me as righteous because Jesus is righteous and I've accepted him and I'm following him. Even with all my faults and everything that I can do wrong, as long as I remain in him, he continues to forgive me and cleanse me and wash me because I want you to know I need to be washed every day. 
Does anybody else need to be washed every day? Smell your, smell your neighbor. I'm kidding. Don't. I personally need to be washed every day. You know how I do that? By the word. The word washes me. Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses me, restores me. You know, I put on a good show up here, but I can tell you, I still fall and I still make, a, I still make mistakes. But as long as I remain in him and him in me, he keeps me right. He gives me away when I fall down to get back up. I don't stay down. I get up. And God restores me. And I try to do better the next time. But when I fall down, I get back up again. Right now where you are, receive Christ. Receive just out of your own mouth. I am believing that you died on the cross for my sins and that you paid every price for me. And that you do genuinely love me. And I was created by you for you. Well, Lord, I return to you today. Say, I'm yours. And God, I make a commitment today to get in your word, to be filled with your spirit, and Lord, to bear fruit. Father, bless our church. Bless this body of believers. Let us get on target of you. Not church, not religion, you. Let us be the body of Christ that you've called us to be. Father God, I just thank you. You're so good. I just pray right now over this congregation, Lord, for healing. As Elizabeth said, for new jobs, for breakthrough in our life, for relationships, for marriages. God, you're the God of marriage. You're not the God of divorce. You're the God of marriage. Restore, redeem. Bless us, Lord. Lord, I pray for our best week this week. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.